That's my special number this morning. <laughs> Pangpaalis ng kaba. <laughs> okay, good morning everybody. Merry Christmas and I'm sure it's going to be a happy new year, right? Say to the person next to you, Maligayang Pasko. Feliz Navidad. Merry Christmas to everyone. Okay, how many of you have experienced some loss or tragedy in your life? Or just me? Just me, right? Or probably, if it's not you, probably some of your friends are experiencing some loss or tragedy, especially this Christmas. If you have experienced tragedy or loss in your life before, or if you are currently experiencing some tragedy in your life, this message is for you. And in fact, I tell you that in the future, probably tomorrow, next week, God forbid, some of us will experience some tragedy in our lives. You know, this is quite a difficult message because talking about tragedy and loss on a Christmas day is kind of difficult. Right? Because people around us, when you talk of Christmas, it's always joy to the world. But you know what? We're happy. We're receiving gifts. We sing. We have parties. But you know, there are people out there who are going through certain things in their lives. Am I right or am I correct? Right? So we will continue our lesson on the book of, or series on the book of Genesis. So we will be reading from the book of Genesis chapter 23. Okay. Did you know that Abraham, a man of faith we've been talking about, experienced a tragedy or a loss in his life? Did you know that? If not, then you now know. Right? At one point in time, in Abraham's life, he experienced a loss. His beautiful wife, his beloved wife, passed away at the age of 127. Okay? So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Okay, let's open our Bibles, your iPads, your iPhone, whatever it is. In Genesis chapter 23. Now, if you don't have it, we have it on the screen. Okay, everybody. Now, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. Sarah died in Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abram went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abram rose from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a stranger and a sojourner among you. Give me a burial site among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. The sons of Heth answered 
Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my Lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of your graves. None of us will refuse you his grave for burying your dead. So Abraham rose and bowed to the people of the land, the sons of Heth, and he spoke with them, saying, If it is your wish for me to bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and approach Ephron, the son of Zoar, for me, that he may give me the cave of Malpela, which he owns, which is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence for a burial site. Now Ephron was sitting among the sons of Heth, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham, in the hearing of the sons of Heth, even of all who went in at the gate of his city, saying, No, my Lord, hear me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. In the presence of the sons of my people, I give it to you, bury my dead. And Abram bowed before the people of the land. He spoke to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, saying, If you will only please listen to me, I will give the price of the field. Accept it from me, that I may bury my dead there. Then Ephron answered Abraham, saying to him, My Lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth 400 shekels of silver. What is that between me and you? You bury your dead. Abraham listened to Ephron, and Abraham weighed out for Ephron the silver which had named in the hearing of the sons of Heth, 400 shekels of silver, commercial standard. So Ephron's field, which was in Machpelah, which faced Mamre, the field and cave which was in it, and all the trees which were in the field that were within all the, the confines of its border were deeded over to Abraham for a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth before all who went in at the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field at Machpelah facing Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave that is in it were deeded over to Abram for a burial site by the sons of Heth. If you were following, <clears throat> if we go back to our previous lessons in the book of Genesis, we've seen how God called Abraham out of Ur. God called Abraham and his family, God told him to get out from his country and move to a place that God is going to show him. Now, if you look at the life of Abraham, Genesis chapter 23 was actually a big blow in the faith life of Abraham. You see, God has covenanted to Abraham that he will be a father of many nations and that his descendants will be as many as the stars. And at age 127, Abraham only saw the fulfillment of the promise, and that is the son, which is Isaac. And the rest, Abraham had not seen them, or it has not been fulfilled. So if you were in the shoes of Abraham, 
Sometimes we are praying to God for something and all of a sudden tragedy will strike us. Or sometimes there's a promise given to you by God and all of a sudden a tragedy or a loss happens to you. What would you think? What would you feel? You will feel bad, right? Right? You have plans, you have dreams, and all of a sudden, they're gone. Same is true with the life of Abraham. God has promised him that he's going to be a father of many nations, and all of a sudden, there was this loss. You know, loss is something that we cannot avoid. Loss happens to everybody. I remember before I came over to the United States, two weeks before, my dad um, petitioned us, and I was excited. I have not been with my father since I was born. I grew up without a father. And I was saying, Lord, this might be an opportunity that I can really minister to my father and reestablish that long-lost relationship. Unfortunately, two weeks before I stepped in U.S. soil, he passed away. I have plans. And God has placed upon my heart. Although I have shared the gospel to my father, God has placed upon my heart that, you know, my dad, I was seeing it, I will be bringing my dad to church. Or we will get to know Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior through me. And all of a sudden, he's gone. Three years after, my mother passed away of cancer. And I have to go back to the Philippines to be with her in a few days of her life. She was gone. Loss is a very tragic thing. Would you agree? Would you agree? How many of you here have lost a loved one? Wow, many of us. Many of us. You know what? If you go through the life of Abraham, I was reading a chapter before chapter 23. During the last few verses, Abraham received some good news from his family back in Ur. He received news that the relatives have children and they were successful in their endeavor. And you know, Abraham was kind of excited. If you were Abraham, and your wife passed away, probably what you will do is to plan out to bring back your wife to your country. Right or correct? Right? Most likely we'll plan, oh, I will bring my wife back to, to Ur so that at least the family can pay their respect and probably we can bury my wife in our land. Probably some of us are thinking, if I die, I wanted to be buried back in the Philippines. Or some of us wanted to be buried in Alaska. Or I do not know. We wanted to be buried somewhere else, right? And, you know, I was thinking, probably the family, if they had emailed before, or whatever means of communication they have, probably the relatives back in Orr were saying, hey, when are you going to visit us? And this is an opportunity that there's going to be some family reunion if Abraham will bury Sarah back in Ur. 
But we can see that Abraham was a foreigner in Canaan. So what they did was Abraham negotiated for a burial place for Sarah. Why? Because God promised him that God is going to give him the land. If you will note, if you will note, even though the promise was not fully fulfilled, Abraham still welcomed the promise that was given to God by him. Abraham still believes that God is going to fulfill the promise or the covenant that was given to him by God. Now, if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, it says, All this died in faith without receiving the promises. But having seen them, seen them and having welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. So Abraham received it even though it has not been fulfilled. He can still see it in his spiritual eye that the promise of God will come to pass. I have titled my message this morning, Why God, Why? As I mentioned earlier, tragedy comes when we least expect it. Tragedy just happens. You don't plan for it. In fact, there is no, there is no announcement. Hey, Mr. So-and-so, next year, there's going to be a tragedy going to your, or, or you will experience. No, it just comes. We don't know when it's going to happen. Do you have a dream that God has given you and all of a sudden they're gone? Were you dreaming to become a very good lawyer and all of a sudden you did not finish your law school? It's just a dream. I was dreaming to become a pilot. Unfortunately, I became a coconut pilot. Okay, it was a dream that never happened. And sometimes when we go through when we have dreams and they don't come to pass, sometimes we begin to question God. Why, Lord? Why? Or it's just me. Right? Sometimes you question God. Lord, why is this happening to me? Why? 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 Why did my father die before I came over? I do not know. Why did my mom die of cancer? I do not know. God knows it. I remember one time when my daughter, JL, when she was six years old, she went through an open-heart surgery. And at that time, even when she was born, she had that tetralogy of a law. And we have been praying that God will, would heal her. In fact, my friends from the World Wide Web have been sending me emails, including Alvin Slaughter, the, one of the famous praise and worship leaders. They were praying for my daughter. Our church prayed for my daughter. I said, Lord, you are my great doctor. Lord, she's going to get well. And at age six, 
she had to go through the knife. Why, Lord? Why? I don't know. Probably it's just me that's asking God. But oftentimes people ask, why are these things happening to us? Psalms 23 verse 4, it says, Even though, everybody please, David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He did not say, if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It is for certain that at one point in our lives, we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Whether you're a Christian whether you're not a Christian, whether you're good, whether you're bad, whether you are handsome like me, all of us will go through a valley in our lives. I've gone through the valley many, many times, and I've asked God many, many times. Some people get out from the valley immediately, while others linger or stay in the valley, and what do they do? They pity party. Where are we right now in the valley? Are we still in the valley? The sooner we can get out of the valley, the better it will be for us. Now look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 12. It says, Moreover, a man does not know his time. Like a fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare, so the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls on them. I like the way it was written in the message translation. It says, no one can predict misfortune. Can you? No one can predict misfortune. They're like birds caught in a cruel net I'm sorry, they're like fish caught in a cruel net or birds in a trap. So men and women are caught by accidents, evil and sudden. Let me share with you from the voice translation. A person can possibly know when his time will come. Like fish caught in a cruel net or birds trapped in a snare, without Warning, the unexpected happens, and people are caught up in evil time. I like this one. When tragedy strikes, neither our wisdom, nor our wealth, nor our power can spare us from it. I've seen, we've read in the news, when my favorite friend, Steve Jobs, passed away, right? He has all the fortunes in the world. He was the inventor. He designed this beautiful computer that I'm using right now, Apple. But when he died, he left everything. You know, even though how brilliant we are in this world, 
even if we have all the wisdom, we have all the wealth. When we die, we will just leave them behind. Not even death. When we had mis misfortunes. You know, there are a lot of rich people who are really rich and they just use their money to pay, pay the hospital bills. Right? So even though how rich we are, when tragedy strikes, it gives us no warning. That's why we ask God, why? Why, Lord? You know, there are two things that I want to share with you this morning. Number one, none of us is exempted from loss. None of us is exempted from tragedy. And number two, the sun shines next day. We are just passing through the valley. And this is my encouragement with you this morning. I don't know where you are in your valley, but do not stay long in that valley. Now, Pastor, you might ask, Pastor Reg, why is that happening? You know what? We live in a fallen world. And because of that, of that fallen, because of the sin, the, the sin that's, that we inherited from, our, uh, from Adam to Eve down to us, okay, we were cursed. Let me share with you how it was explained in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. Then to Adam, he said, God was talking to Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat from it. Curse is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Meaning, all, of the, all the days of our lives, we will experience some form of loss. It can be death in the family, death of a friend, death of a spouse, or death of a child. It may happen to us. It can be a, a divorce. Divorce is an ugly thing. Divorce is kind of common, but you know, people who are affected really feels the grief and the loss when they go through this thing in their lives. It can even be family quarrel, wherein husbands and wives continue to fight with each other and the children are caught in between. And what happens? It affects the children. It's a great loss. It's a tragedy that it's happening. Or probably it's a quarrel between siblings. It's a quarrel between the, the children and the parents. The parents and the children. Tarnished relationship. It's a tragedy. It's a loss. Or some of us might even be experiencing some form of financial loss. We are in debt. We can't even pay our bills. We don't know how to make both ends meet. Some of us might be in that situation or probably a loss of job. There's going to be, there's, we have a reorganization in our company now. And come January, there's going to be a restructuring. And we, many people will lose their job. It's a tragedy. 
there's grief. It's a loss. Or maybe it's a loss because of drug addiction. Not only drug addiction, probably because of alcoholism. Or whatever vices you have. It's a tragedy that you're going through these types of experiences. And even brokenhearted. There's no second chance. Nagkahiwalay. Right? You were expecting him to give you a ring. But instead of a ring, he said, please forgive and forget. I'm leaving you. Some of us might be brokenhearted. Or some of us might even fail in our grades. We studied hard in school. We were expecting to perfect the test, but during the test, we failed. It's a tragic experience. Am I right? I've experienced that. Or probably tragedy because of illness. Tragedy because of an accident. You're injured. And because of that, you cannot work. Tragedy comes. And oftentimes we think that God does not make sense. God, why? Why me? And you know, loss brings emotional realities. Some of us feel or in a state of shock, shock, or even our world is crumbled because of the experience that we go through. We feel that there's no hope. It is the end of the world. My girlfriend left me. I don't know if I can find another girl like her. My boyfriend is the most handsome guy in the world. He left me. I will not marry anymore. We, felt, we feel that it's the end. There's no hope. It has been said that 90% of the things that happen to us just comes naturally or inevitable. And about 10% are a result of how we react to certain situations in life. If we are in the valley, as I said earlier, the sooner that we can get out from that valley, the better it is for us. But unfortunately, there are some people who reacted differently. That's why up to now, they are still on the valley. So Pastor Reg, what are we going to do if we are in the valley? You don't understand it's difficult. You don't understand it's, you know, you're talking about relationship. You're already 25 years with your wife. Me, I'm still starting and then he left me. It's the end of it. What am I going to do? You know what? The only way to do is run to the loving arms of our Father. Sometimes we don't know where to go. Sometimes we don't know where to go. And the only way to go is to the loving arms of our Father. You know, there's a famous verse. The first verse that I, I was able to memorize for two years. John chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. You know what? Every time you go through certain things in your life, 
Jesus weeps. Why? Because he is a loving father. He's got emotions. He feels what you feel. And he feels sad if you're going through certain things in your life. Let's look at this video clip. Bogey may audio. Hey, Dad. Sorry to uh, bug you. Would you mind looking at my, uh, my shopping mall design again? This one is cheaper. But if you check this out, You'll see it has Whoa. a much better natural flow. Chief Owen, like I said, I just let me do my email. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Dad. Um, he ain't right. You're a schmuck. Better. Look at it. Surprise. Hey, Grandpa. Oh, my God. <laughs> when did you get so handsome? So, Michael, I had a wonderful idea. Your mother's playing canasta with her friends tonight. I thought, oh, what a great opportunity. You, me, and Ben should go and have a boys' night out. Can't. What do you mean you can't? You have to eat sometime. We could go, we could whistle at pretty girls. <laughs> I'm down for that. See, he's down. I don't know what it means, but he's down. <laughs> hey, please. Don't give me that finger. I'll make you a deal. If you come, I'll show you the quarter trick. Will you look at the man? I'll tell you the secret. No, Dad. Don't you want to know how oh, you do the stupid trick? I've always known. Can you let me do my work? You've always known. You're pathetic. <laughs> I'm so sorry I parched in. You son. See you later, Grandpa. I love you. Dad. Bob. Bob. Too dead. I'll miss you. You know that. Goodbye. is telling you right now, I love you, son. Unfortunately, because of the busyness of this world, we even don't want to talk to our fathers. And when we go through certain things in our lives, we ask him, why, God, why? 
And oftentimes, you don't even invite God into our situation. Have we invited Jesus into our mess? Have we invited Him to see what we're going through right now? Or we're just busy wrapping gifts, gifts for Christmas? And the Lord is telling us right now, I love you, son. Why do we continue to neglect our father? And when we go through certain things in life, we question, God, why God, you don't make sense. And the father is continuously telling us, I love you, son. I love you, son. I died on the cross for you. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Casting all your anxiety on him, because what? He cares for you. God cares for you. He loves you. Whatever things you're going through right now, it grieves him. It grieves him. Because why? Jesus loves you. And he understands what you're going through right now. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, in the voice translation, it says, Since God cares for you, let him carry all your burdens and worries. Do you have worries in life? Are you worried that the ISIS will bomb America? Are you worried that your neighbor is a member of the ISIS? Are you worried that your children will marry the wrong guy? Are you worried about your debts? Jesus said, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Hebrews chapter 4. Reading from verse 14 to 15. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, who is Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted, yet in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. I encourage you, tell God what you're going through right now. We can confidently, even if our God, our Father, is the King of Kings, we can always barge into His throne and find grace and mercy, what, in times of need. You can always talk to your king, not as a king, but as our daddy, as our Abba Father. Lord, I'm going through these things in my life. Tell God the pain that you're going through right now. Tell God if you feel some injustice in your life. He understands it. Oftentimes, we do not tell God. 
and we just expect him to know what we're going through. Yeah, of course he knows it. But as parents, right, we love it when our children talk to us. And God loves it when we go to his throne room and find grace and mercy in times of need. Is there anything too hard with God? Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of... Is there anything too difficult for me? Is there anything too difficult for God? Is there? Are you sick? He is the creator of our bodies. He can even, you know what, recreate every cell that got destroyed in your body. He is our Jehovah Rapha. Are you financially broke? He is our El Shaddai, the breasty one. He is our Jehovah Jireh. Are you feeling alone? He is Emmanuel, the God with us. And my favorite one, he is the Jehovah Shama. Kashama Shama natin si Lord. Right? Are you bound with sin? He is the Jehovah Makadeshkem. He is the one who sanctifies us, sanctifies us. Are you in need of peace? You cannot sleep. He is our Jehovah Shalom. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standards against the devil. So if the devil is trying to attack us for whatever it is, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord raises us up a standard. He is my Jehovah Nisi. He is my banner of victory. Guys, are you at the end of the rope? Are you at the end of the rope? The Bible says He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the end. When you go to the end of the rope, the Omega is there waiting to catch us. Amen? <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 43, verse 26, it says, Put me in remembrance. Let us argue our case together. State your cause that you may be Prove right. When we approach God, remind God of His promises. Not because God has insomnia, but reminding God of His promises is actually reminding us of the goodness of God. Because every time we remind ourselves with the goodness of God, faith builds into our inner life. Because the Bible says that faith comes by what? By hearing. And when you remind yourself with the promises of God, you hear it. And every time you remind it again, you hear it. And every time you remind it again, you hear it. You're sick in your body. Lord, you're going to heal me. You are my Jehovah Rapha. The following day when you wake up, you're still sick. Lord, you're my Jehovah Rapha. You are my healer. The following day when you woke up, you're still sick. Lord, you are my Jehovah Rapha. You are the one that heals me. And as you continue to remind God of his promises, what happens? Faith is built in ourselves. Amen? Amen. Job went through difficulties in his life. Everything were gone. But what did Job say? In desperation, he said, 
Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Nevertheless, I will argue my ways before him. And I like the way it's stated in Habakkuk chapter 3, 17 to 18. 18, I'm sorry. Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be new fruit on the vine, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exalt the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Despite the difficulties that we're going through in life, just like Abraham, you know, when you go back to Genesis chapter 23, only two verses dealt with Abraham mourning for Sarah. Only two verses. And the 18 verses talks about Abraham negotiating with the peoples in Canaan about the burial place. Abraham, as quickly as he can, left the valley. But in Habakkuk it says, even if I am still in the valley, even if the fig tree does not blossom and there's no nothing, there's nothing in my wallet, there's nothing in my bank account, I'm still sick. The Bible says, I will exalt God because whatever happens, I trust in Him that He will bail me out of the valley that I am in right now. Amen? Amen? Romans chapter 8, verse 37. I like this one. Know in all things we are more than conquerors. You cannot be a conqueror if you don't go through battles in life. You can only be called a conqueror if you go through certain things in life. Right? The Bible says, Know in all things we are more than conquerors through him. Who what? Who love us. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who love us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created things, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing, even death, should not separate us from the love of God. Whatever situation we are in right now, it should never separate us from the love of God. There's chaosness around us, as what Pastor Danny talked last Sunday. Talk of peace, there's no peace. And you know what? On that Christmas day, a virgin gave birth to Jesus, our Savior, to what? To give us hope. Because it says in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 11, But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news 
of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. What are, whatever valley you are going through right now, don't be afraid. Because more than 2,000 years ago, the great high priest who understands you, the great high priest who sympathizes with the things that you're going through right now, the great high priest who is Jesus Christ was born in a manger. And that is the hope that God has given us. Some of you might be going through some things in life this Christmas season. There is hope. There is hope. God cares for us. Amen? Amen. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. You rod and your staff, they comfort me. Let the loving arms of the Father give us comfort. Let the loving arms of the Father give us that warm embrace. Let the loving arms of the Father give us, shower us that love that we've been wanting for. Father, we thank you for this morning. Indeed, Lord God, if we look to the left, to the right, but our back or even our front, there's no hope other than you. Thank you, Father, for sending your son. On that Christmas night, he was born in a manger. And Lord God, after 30 years, he died on the cross so that all our sins will be forgiven. So that the things that we're going through, sickness in our bodies, Lord God, you said in your word that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. When we go through certain difficulties in life, you said in your words, Lord God, that we are more than conquerors through you. Thank you, Father God, for your great love. Thank you, Lord God, for all the blessings that you have given us. And Father, this morning as we reflect on your goodness, I ask, dear Father God, that you will talk to each and every one of us. This is the time of the year where people are celebrating holidays. But Lord God, we will not celebrate holiday apart from Christ. We will celebrate Christmas. We will celebrate hope. We will celebrate love. Because that's the reason why you came here on earth. And I pray, Father God, for those who have not known you as their personal Lord and Savior. I pray, dear Lord, that you will open their hearts. That they will experience the love of God in their lives. I pray, dear Lord, that they will see hope. And that they will receive you as their personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.